Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans Podcast Draft Special, Episode 2, with hosts David Sharma, Chris, and Kyle. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we come with y'all with our wide receivers and tight ends today. We did we did some some extra homework, a little evaluation, because this is this is gonna get a little little crazy. So um so so Chris, I'm gonna start off with you because since uh Kyle started last week. Um who you got for your top five wide receivers? All right. So we're gonna exclude Chase, Waddle, and Smith, right? The top three guys. If you if you want to, like if I'm, I'm gonna to, go I, by I'm I still gonna go by those guys, but um, but I have a, a couple, but I have a couple of I have a still and then I have a, and then we have the sleepers too. So wh- right. whatever so, you want to do, Chris. All right. Well, you guys could talk more about Chase Waddle and Smith. Those guys, everybody knows them. So my, I'm gonna put them in my order. I'm gonna put them in Chase, Waddle, and Smith. That's my top three. Okay. Agreed. After that, my next five, just my you know, guesses here. Terrence Marshall, you know, he showed up this year when um Chase wasn't there, you know, he opted out. Obviously, Jefferson graduated the year before or got drafted the year before. So he was, you know, he had a chance to show himself. And to me, he's the top receiver after the top three. Um, Then you could follow him up with uh, Rashad Bateman of Minnesota. Um, They're both, to me, Marshall and Bateman are pretty close in my mind. Um, uh, Then you got Kadarius Toney you know, 5'11", you know, so he's more of a slot guy, but you're going to put him, you could put him in a lot of different places. He lined up as running back as well. He was a high school quarterback. So this kid, he's got it all. You know what I mean? He may not have the size, but he's explosive everywhere. Um, after that, you know, it started to get a little tougher for me. I like Nico Collins from Michigan, you know, got the size got good hands maybe not the most speed of any of them but um i like nico collins a lot he opted out so that's going to be interesting for some of these guys that did opt out along with chase um to see how they react to being out for a whole season um so we'll see about that my fifth guy um i could have went a a lot of different directions i just went with Dwayne eskridge um I, i i was hearing a lot about this guy so i started watching film on him and I'm like, whoo, guy has a lot of speed, man. And he's a former DB as well. His first couple of years, he was going back and forth from DB and wide receiver because of injuries on the team. So he's got that <clears throat> DB mentality playing as a wide receiver. So I think that's going to really help out in the pros. Um, and then my, uh, my sleepers or guys a little bit off the map, I guess. I have two guys I'm going to put in the same – I'm going to give you two for one with one pick because they're both to me somewhat the same type of player. Um, think Sage Sherratt from Wake Forest, but only a little bit bigger. Um, not the fastest guys, but both of these guys are 6'6". So they have the size to be great red zone uh, weapons. Uh, Warren Jackson from Colorado State and TJ Basher from Texas Tech. You know, I love the size of these guys, 6'6". Like I said, not the fastest guys. But definitely uh, big targets, which a lot of teams like, especially in the red zone. Next one, um, the kid from Illinois, uh, Josh Mato to baby, whatever his name is. Um, really pure athlete type of guy, transferred from USC. Another one, decent size, you know, at six two, good hands. Um, probably an ex receiver. Um, Dan, oh, uh, Daz Newsom from North Carolina, uh, productive slot receiver, and he's a good return guy as well, 5'11". Um, so that's my guys. I don't know. Wow, Chris, you have like 11 to 12 of them. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he, he, also, he also has a type. Chris has a type, it seems, man. They were yeah, all like right, right, dudes. right. That's the, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and that's another guy. With that. Actually, another guy. No, I, I never think, said there was nothing wrong with that. I just said he has a type. You know what? Another <laughs> right. guy too. Um, that I I I caught a couple of highlights. He's probably gonna be an undrafted free agent. A guy from uh, Division Two, Charleston, is Michael Strake Stracken. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but definitely look him up. Six five, two twenty. It's hard to like 
look at those highlights because you know it's Division Two. So even if he's blowing by guys or he's beating these guys bad, you don't know. So um, he's probably going to be an undrafted guy, but he's definitely a guy to check out. All right, I guess I guess I'll start second because I know Kyle and uh, Charmin. I know y'all both going to get more more deep into it. <laughs> um, of course, my three. Of course, uh, the first one would be Jamar Chase. Second would be Jalen Waddle. Third would be the Devonta Smith. Uh, this this was very tough for me for about four and five. Like I, I like did nitpicking and so forth and so forth, and really got the really got on the uh, the charm. I guess the the charming case, you know, got the private eye and and all of that with the magnifying glass. So, um, <laughs> my number four is uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, Bateman, he got he got a couple of things to work on, but um, I really like him. Um, my number five, I had two of them. I had uh Elijah Moore out of old Mississippi, which I really, I really, I really like the kid. Like the kid can move, he's fast and he's he knows he knows what he's doing. And then I got uh Tony Kadarius Tony out of Florida. But um my sleeper is uh Rondell Moore from from Purdue. And uh Lord, uh of course Terrence Marshall, he he was up there on my list as well, Chris. So I agree with you. Um, but also I have uh Damani Brown from um North Carolina and also have Tylen Wallace from uh Oklahoma State. So my it was it was tough for me, but but it's a lot of good wide receivers coming out of this draft, a lot of them. Um some of them need work, some of them don't, they're already ready. For, for the NFL, but I'm I'm really I'm really liking it. I'm I'm really I'm really liking our chances because it's some questions I need to ask. But I will I will let you, Shaman, or you, Kyle, go right ahead. I'm gonna let both of y'all go right ahead. And after that, then I'll <laughs> ask y'all the questions I need to ask. All right, you wanna go first, Shaman? Or... Oh, go ahead, Kyle. All right. Um. So yeah. So for the for the big three, um, I too I have um. Chase is one, uh, and for me, I guess like Waddle and Smith are like two A and B. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like d- depending on, I guess how you view them. Um, I'm saying maybe Smith is the A just because of uh, its overall productivity, and then Waddle. Um, as my four, I also have um, Elijah Moore. I said this kid is. Um, very good, you know, hands catcher, um, shifty guy in and out of his breaks. Um, yes, just a really solid to me all around wide receiver. Um, and at five, I have a familiar name and a not so familiar name in terms of um, for the number five because. Also have uh, Kadarius Tony, who's just like I said, like he's like uh, you know a, a rabbit out there. Once he gets the the ball in his hands, just juke moves for days. And um, the other guy, which is probably not on a lot of people's list, um, but just on a productivity level, I had to put him up there. Is um, Diami Brown from North Carolina? Yeah, and this kid, um, he hasn't like he averaged about 50, 50 to fifty five catches um, over the past two seasons, but in both those years he averaged over twenty yards a catch. So, to me, that's you know a uh, a pretty decent feat to do. You know, back to back, averaging twenty. Um, as far as my Sleepers, um, I have to switch it up because uh, uh, Chris took two of my sleepers in um, in Mana mm. Bibi and, and TJ Basher. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> well, um, uh, the first sleeper, um, I'm gonna go with is a guy, um, Shy Smith from South Carolina. Um, he he kind of reminds me of 
of how uh, Elijah Moore is very to me a very good all around uh, wide receiver. Um, my next sleeper, uh, another guy, probably like not really on anyone's radar, but um, this kid named Jonathan Adams Jr. from Arkansas State, and this guy he's he's about six three I believe. Um, 230 pounds, former basketball player. And it shows when, you know, he plays because there's a lot of situations where in his highlights where you would see literally in like red zone targets, he's simply just boxing out the, the smaller defender and jumping up and grabbing balls over, you know, over the defender. Um, there's one specific play I saw where the, um, the defender literally just grabbed um, his offhand he was boxing out with. And as he's falling to the ground, he just snags it one-handed with the, with the other hand. You know, like that type of, uh, um, I guess, athleticism is um, something, you know, something to, to be credited. And uh, my last guy, I'm going to go with um, another small dude, um, probably going to be a slot guy, but I really like um, his game, and that's um, Wap Fillier from Indiana. Like I said, he's um, a 5'11 guy, about 180, but very explosive in and out of his cuts, catches everything with his hands, catches in traffic, you know, uh, just a to me, I think he has a real chance to be a solid receiver. Cool. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, actually trying to evaluate talent and uh, thinking about their fit, what they do best and what they don't do well and, and all that stuff, and what coaches would be looking for. Um, uh I, I had Jamar Chase first. Um, I think I think that goes without question. Um, what he could do, I think the I think what separates him is the fact that he's doing this at six one two hundred pounds, and he shows it. He, he plays he even plays a little bigger than he's than his two hundred pounds at times. You could see that. Plus, he has the athleticism and the hands and all that other stuff. But he's also physical. You know, so that's my reason why he is he was the number one, because the next guy, in my opinion, if he had if he weighed anywhere close to what Chase had, I would put him above Chase because he has everything Chase has. And the only issue is you see him get rocked a couple of times on the top of his routes because of his slender size. But it's not that pervasive where you were like, oh, man, you know, um, he's going to be like that a lot in the pros. You know, um, he's just, he's shifty enough. He's not that shifty, but he's shifty enough that he understands where he could put himself um, in his stems, um, in his releases, so that he could clear his frame so he could get to where he needs to go. He's polished enough as a route runner so he understands leverage and he understands, you know, his releases and engaging corner cornerbacks and being able to get them, get him off, get them off him, or to create space or um, or separation. So, I mean, just the production is out of this world, man. You don't get to play in a, on the level that this guy played at the school he played against the talent he played against to have that kind of kind of uh, production. Uh, that's Devonte Smith. So Devonte Smith is my number two. Jalen Waddle is my number three. And there's a very simple reason why Jalen Waddle is my number three. Jalen Waddle is a freak. And it, it, it will, at the end of the day, only matter if he goes to the right place. Um, he has all these, uh, all, all the things that you want in a freak athlete. Um, I saw a lot of people compare him to, um, to Tyreek Hill. That Tyreek Hill for um, that plays for the Chiefs, kind of. Um, 
But I think, again, under the circumstances, you would want him to go to a coach like that, a coach that would, that's be, that would be willing to integrate his strengths into his system, you know, and, and, and being able to make him a focal point on a, in, in a lot of what they do would kind of make him into the, the hit his ceiling or what we think he could be or what he showed in college. Uh, number four is Rashad Bateman for me. And the reason why I love Rashad Best Bateman is because great hands. High pointing the ball is monster. He loves doing that. Um, the fact that he's route running is so polished combined with all the things I just said. Plus he has the speed and the physicality and the physicality, you know, so you, you put all these things together, in my opinion, he's a, he's more polished, um, has the size, has the speed than a lot of other guys, in my opinion. So I put him, I definitely had to, uh, change that number four a couple times, man. It was kind of tough, um, trying to find things wrong with a guy to put him down below, below him doesn't mean that there's gonna there's not gonna be guys that could perform better than him in the pros. It's just that what I saw when I'm when I'm looking at him, I think he just there's a, just more to play with if you're an offensive coordinator. What you're looking for, um, in my opinion, like it, and it does in his skill set does not need a specific scheme in my opinion, and that's partly the reason why these four guys are my top four. Um, I love to see guys that have a lot of uh, um, a lot of talent and they could they're fast and all that stuff. But when you come in the NFL, can you fit within a said system? You know, can you do things that I would need you to do to fit in the system? Um, unfortunately, I mean that's a bad thing. I know uh, you would uh, typically you would want a coach to be able to, like I said before. Um, accentuate the strengths of a player or use the strengths of a player doesn't happen a lot, unfortunately. Uh, so you have to go with what you have. Um, number five is Terrence Marshall. Again, um, I know he has issues with drops um, that I, that kind of shocking to me. But when you when you look at the fact that he could at his size he could play inside, outside, Z, X, wherever, the fact that he could do that. I mean, it's kind of crazy, you know, that he could do all that stuff at his size and he could run the routes that he could run at his size. So he's definitely my five. Pair him with a good wide receiver coach and a coach that's willing, again, to accentuate what he does well and teach him. I think he could be a monster wide receiver. Um, uh, he showed that. He showed that he could do that. Um my sleepers uh, are the guys that I that are just just freaks, as in you know, he just speed out of the, you know, they walk they walking around like they have a rocket up their butt. Guys like Kadarius Tony, guys like Rondell Moore, um, those are the guys that look. Um, uh, Elijah Moore also another guy that I that 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 was a, a sleeper in my opinion that put in the right system could blow up because they just have so much uh, different uh, skill sets, uh, returning the ball, uh, short area quickness, and all that other stuff that, that matters if used properly. You know? So I think, I think they're the, sleep, the sleepers, in my opinion. The one thing for me about Kadarius, Tony, and Rondell Moore is that, again, even if they are fast guys, and they're they're speedy and they could do all the shifting around and stuff like that. They're also, especially Tony, um, they have good route running skills. I mean, they could develop. There's things about their route run running that needs to be developed. But I think um, I think they they have a they have more potential than some other guys that I saw that were really talented. But I but I still have questions about their their development and where they're gonna go after what they like what they could do now i i think tony and more uh, and randall more is probably two of my favorite sleepers the guys that could blow up depending on where they land mm -hmm. 
I mean, I feel like I feel like we all did our homework on this and we all had different opinions. We had some kind of the same, but it was all all different. And I think that's what made this this one real interesting. It's a lot of it's a lot of great. It's a lot of good talent out here for, for this draft. So it brings the first question with, with Crowder <laughs> having 10.5 million this season if he stays. Should should the Jets um should Jeff, Joe Douglas release him and we get somebody from the draft or should we keep Crowder and why? That's it's loaded because it could go both ways. Uh, well, think of it this way: if you trade him, what do you think we could get for him? Number one and number two, um, if you trade him, you're saving yourself let's say eight million because whoever we bring back, maybe we bring back a player or whatever, but then with that money, you could also upgrade in other positions. You could upgrade your wide receiver position. You could upgrade in other places. So I, I get the advantage of definitely trading him. You know, I don't think they would just straight out release him, but I would think they would want to get something for him, whether it's a low draft pick or something. But um, I, I get why you want, why some fans would want to trade him away and some fans would want to keep him trade him away too. You also got Berrios as your backup, you know, obviously not as good as Crowder, but he's a good veteran guy who's, you know, who's played a couple of years already been in us, you know, I would say system, he's a different system now, but um, he's been on the team now, you know, he could return. So you got someone there, but this draft is loaded with slot guys. I mean, lo- I mean we, we know that now. I mean, there's so many guys that can play the slot. So, in that sense, yeah, it might be a better idea to trade him now because he's in the last year of his contract, so there's no guarantee he's coming back after this year. So, in a way, you might as well get something for him, you know, in that mentality. But the other mentality, if you want to keep him, you know you got one of the best slot guys in the NFL. So, you got to weigh it both ways, and it's, it's, a, t- it's a tough call. <laughs> Thank God I'm not the GM. Yeah, it's um the the crazy thing about the crazy thing about what what's next. It, it's twofold. It's the money and what they plan to do with it. If they if they need the extra money for let's say, uh, you know, a certain quarterback that everybody thinks go is going to several different teams at the same time. You know, if you need that extra money, maybe you let him go and then you you go play with whatever you could find in the draft or scheme fit. Is he, if right now, when they look at him, does he fit what they want in a, in a slot in that new system? If he doesn't, then they have to go out and get the guy, you know, that could do that. You know, so you have, so you literally have two, a two-way go, in my opinion, and, and both ways works. I don't think it would be a bad thing if they keep him and they think that he could fit what they do. You know, um, I think I think he's shown in his couple of years here in New York that he's actually pretty good at getting open. He's done it multiple times, and we watch it on film, and we see him get open multiple times. Where unfortunately Sam doesn't see him, or when Sam sees him, he he gets multiple catches, you know, hundred something yards receiving. You know, so he's a problem to deal with. So you you could you know so. Everybody's like, oh, you're paying him 10 million, you're paying 10 million. Listen, this is this is the this is the thing. You either have good players that you have to pay, or you have quasi shitty players or quasi good players that you're pay you kind of paying, but they're not giving you production. Which one you want? You know, so so in my opinion, um, I I I, I would like it anyway. I I I you know, if they see he's he's a fit that they want to keep around, fine. You know, I don't care about the ten million. Um, there's other players that need to be cut. Um, he's not one of them. Um, that that's that's it for me. Yeah, I, I would say as of the fact that you um, you know, touched on the thing with Sam and you know him being pretty much one of Sam's favorite or Sam's favorite target. Based on the, you know, his productivity, um, I think, God forbid, if they did decide to keep Sam, then I would believe Crowder would be someone that they would need to keep 
just to have that um, security blanket for Sam and whatever new scheme that they're, you know, that they're looking to implement. Um, if they don't, I would say at this point, um, money really shouldn't be an issue. Um, we have a, like about 68 um, in the cap now, and we can clear at least another maybe 15 to 20 with, you know, cutting people like uh, Henry Anderson and um, uh, Van Rotten. So money to me, I don't think would be the issue. Um, I would say for him, maybe ask, you know, based on where his feelings is at, because, you know, he's 28. So we're looking at him being at, you know, probably in a prime. So he might want to, you know, go somewhere where he has a legit chance to, to win something, you know, in the next couple of years. Um, you know, so if he, to me, I'd say if he was to leave um, or if we were to trade him, um, definitely there's um, enough people in the draft that um, we can target to replace him. And then um, with the money saved, I would say you need to bring in some sort of a, to me, like a veteran leadership person at the wide receiver, you know, position, because um, at that point, um, we would ha just have like, uh, like you said, Barrios, who's, you know, I think maybe in his what, third or fourth year, and Mims, who's going into his second. So I think that veteran guy, you know, um, on the field with them um, would be a big plus. I mean, this is, to me, this is a win-win situation. This is the weird, I think this is like the weirdest scenario for, for the Justice here is that we're in a, a very good, a very good win-win situation with a lot of, with a lot of things that's going on. And I, and my next question is, what are the chances that the Jets will sign a wide receiver for in free agency and also drafting a wide receiver with from this class I, I think they're definitely going to sign a free agent that's a no, I think that's a no doubter um now that now that I mean we we realize that the wide receiver position is deep in the draft so you know they're definitely going to draft one too but um they got to sign and I think they will sign somebody at least one maybe two uh free agent wide receivers you know it just depends on are they going to try to go big you know, and go for Allen Robinson or Galladay, or if those guys are going to be franchised, do, do we see a, a sign and trade maybe? I, I don't think so, but um, I think it depends on how they end up with the franchise tags if, if they're not. Um, one guy I do like a lot is Curtis Samuel for us. I think he fits us perfect, um, but I, I definitely see both. I, you know, I think, it, and depending on, what guys they sign is how they're going to react to the draft. You know, like if they don't sign any big name guys, big targets or something, then they might target a guy a little bit earlier in the draft. If they go, if they spend the money in free agency, maybe they'll go, they'll wait a couple of rounds before they uh, draft a receiver. So, but I think it's, it's going to happen both ways. It's just a matter of where they're going to, you know, spend the money or are they going to spend the higher draft pick on, you know, and I think we'll know as free agency goes along what, what direction they're going to go in. Yeah. Um, That's my guess. I, I, the, the thing about, the thing about the, again, that I think I agree with Chris about the, about the signing the kid uh, from, uh, uh, what was it from Carolina, Chris? That's where yeah. he was last. Yeah. yeah. He fits, he fits, he fits the, the, um, the scheme. If you if you're gonna say the scheme is gonna mirror what the, the 49ers do a lot, so you need that guy. You need that gadget type player that you could line up at running back sometimes and line up in the slot sometimes, catch bubble screens, screens, catch smoke smoke screens. And um, I agree. Um, another another thing that's that's prevalent in a scheme like that is a is wide receivers that can block. Um, both, uh, both, um, um, I think, um, our wide receiver, our wide receiver, both our wide receivers on the, our starting wide receivers right now, Mims, Mims and, 
Mims and uh, what's his name we were talking about a while ago. Um, Crowder. They're both Crowder. Crowder uh, are pretty good at at blocking. So, so you know, so ha- adding a guy like uh, like the kid from Carolina is, in my opinion, like it works. You know, it just makes too much sense. Um, so I agree with that. Um, but but um, there's there's other parts of that offense that that needs work. Um, other than just wide receivers. So I don't know if they're going to go crazy trying to get a wide receiver in the, in the free agency, other than what, what we just mentioned, or who we just mentioned, on foot, um, like I said. Um, but, yeah, oh, definitely they're going to draft a wide receiver. Like we, like we, what we have been saying, the, the, the deep, the way the wide receiver is deep with talent, the, the draft is deep with talented wide receivers. I mean, you, you just can't not do that, you know, because you just want to have more of a more of a, a, a dynamic set of weapons in a wide zone scheme. You need that, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I would say um, as far as the free oh. agents, mm-hmm. yeah, as far as as far as the free agents, um, I would say. Um, it would depend on, I guess, how, in terms of, uh, I guess, how hard they look to go one um, would probably depend on what they do with, um, with, uh, with Crowder. Because to me, I think if you keep Crowder, then um, whatever receiver, I guess, you can add doesn't necessarily need to be um, a main focal point guy like uh, an Allen Robinson because of, you know, the way the draft is. Um, and especially um, knowing that, you know, Joe Douglas is a, a trenches guy. I think to me, his, his focal point would probably more so be to um, uh, solidify the, the O-line with, you know, um, the best possible people there, you know, because whoever we get at quarterback, whether by miracle we get um, Deshaun or, you know, we draft a rookie guy, you know, you want to put pieces together to make sure that, you know, that guy is staying upright, you know, on as many plays as possible. And um, I would say in terms of drafting a guy, definitely, um, you know, Sharman's talking about, you know, having guys that can block based on, you know, the type of scheme, which, it's funny because uh, I meant to mention the one of the sleeper guys I was talking about, the Jonathan Adams Jr. I said if you get a chance, check out his highlight. But there's one play where his uh his running back was running a stretch route to his side, and he threw a block where he took the DB and literally threw the guy into two other people. So he literally blocked like three people with one move. <laughs> <laughs> and sprung the 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 um the running back for a touchdown. So, you know, stuff like that, having you know, willing blockers at the at the wide receiver is definitely, you know, a, a, a plus thing to look for. But um, but yeah, definitely I see us um drafting a wide receiver. There's just way too many good ones or you know good to useful ones in the draft this year to to not draft one. Yep. Yeah, no, great, great points, fellas. Um, I, I just think that, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be hard to get guys like Allen Robinson to come in a scenario where nobody doesn't know where what's what's going on with Watson. So, I, I really wanted Chris Godwin. Y'all, y'all know how I feel about Godwin, but I think he'll be the guy to get franchise sag, and Tampa Bay is going to be in a real sticky situation. It's, it's not going to be many choices in free agency. So uh, Samuel is, is a choice, um, like you said, Shaman, which is which is very good. I I just think that I think we still need to – I think we just need to figure out some things before um, no one and realizing if they're really going to go with a free um, – sign a wide receiver in free agency. It could happen, but it might not be the guy that um, everybody wants, like the fans will want. It'll be like a middle – you know, you know, like middle of the pack, like maybe above average a little bit, but I think like middle of the pack, it all depends on how Joe Douglas do his contracts. 
Because remember, he was really strict on the numbers, you know, and that's like one of the weirdest things that that kind of happened for this franchise due to um, the lack of GMs that we had. Um, so I just think that it's going to be very tough. This is going to be very tough, but it'll be it'll be something to look forward to as we uh, move along. Uh, and the last last but not least, we got our top five tight ends. I don't. I don't think we need to – this is not the best uh, draft class group. So, um, when whoever wants to go first, go, go right ahead. Go for it. Uh, I'll start off. Um, I would say number one for me and probably should be number one for everybody, it's uh, Kyle Pitts. And I said the guy is just um, – he's just different. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and his productivity showed it. You know, being um, Trask's number one target this year is like just shows how how good of a guy he is. Um, two, I have um, Pat Frymuth, which I probably believe is probably the most well-rounded um, tight end uh, in this class. Uh, the guy blocks. You know, he can sneak out on 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 the assignments and catch the ball really well um at number three i have a kid that that seems to be coming up the ranks um his name is uh tommy um tremble from um yeah yeah go go right ahead kyle sorry sorry i disagree (laughs) go right ahead (laughs) um they're saying you know though you know, the scheme that Notre Dame played, like, really didn't showcase his talent, you know, and he's he's definitely a willing blocker, but they're saying that this kid's um, athleticism, you know, really was underutilized, you know, at Notre Dame. Also, um, he needs to work on his uh, his routes, his, his route running too, but he but he's definitely the best uh, blocker in that, in that tight end group class. Yeah. Um, at four, I have, um, at four, I've had, um, Hunter Long from, um, Boston College and said, uh, another guy and said, he has a little bit of everything. Like he has decent speed, good hands, catches, you know, you know, blocks decently, you know, nothing, you know, to write home about, but, you know, overall I said, a solid I think he would be a solid pick and at five is um is Tommy Poljan from um Virginia is a pretty big kid you know nice red zone targets uh, he's um six seven and I was seeing he has pretty good body control for a tight end at six seven I said there's one play in particular I was watching and he positioned himself at the back of the end zone for a jump ball and the DB played it well because he jumped up, he caught the ball and the DB looked to push him out of bounds, you know, to get him out of the play. And the dude contorted his body in midair to make sure that his inner foot tapped the end zone first before any other part of his body, you know, fell out of bounds and I was like at six seven like 270 pounds yeah, like that. that was like <laughs> and a, you know that's like that's <laughs> a, a very wild moment yeah yeah, yeah the, the the tight end the tight end class is is a little the the thing with with tight ends is is that the question is are you looking for 2021 tight end you know one of those guys you could flank out like a Y, you know, like a wing guy where he's like a big slot that could run really fast and catch the ball really well. Or you want a guy that could hand in the dirt, block on runs, and, you know, run a few routes out of his position uh, on the line of scrimmage. Um, but there's, there's also guys that could do both. And I think I think you need guys that could do both. And I know um, Kyle Pitts is, is the kind of a, a 
the meal of the day kind of guy, fast. He's literally a tight end. He's really a wide receiver in a tight end's body at this point. Um, I think I think he's gonna get a little bigger because he's still a young guy. Is he? Is tw- about? He's twenty. He's, I don't even think he's twenty yet. You he know, just turns just in twenty. I mean, yes, come sir. on, man. Who was who? Who? Who's who? Who here was in their whole body by twenty years old? You know what I mean? So. So it's going to take, it's going to take, you know, you know, he's not going to be able to block at this point, you know, he's not going to be able to be that guy. I mean, he, he, he's willing, you know, but he's not, but, but I think athletically and what he could do as a, as a, as a a guy receiving as a receiver, I think he's just too dangerous not to put him at number one and just way too athletic. Um, Pat Firemuth is definitely number two. Um, I know he does not have as much tape as as a lot of guys, uh, but the but the amount of um, potential that he showed when he's on the field, not only as a blocker but as a receiver, um, I think I think if he had played more, I think I'd put him over Kyle, over Kyle Pitts. To tell you the truth, when you show when you see the variety of things he could do on the field, um, I think I think. Um, I think my number three guy is, is Brevin Jordan. Um, and uh, the only thing that you would say, reason why you wouldn't put him that high is because he's a smaller guy at 6'3", um, but he could block. He could block and he could, he has the athleticism and he, he has the route running skills and stuff. And, and in, even if he's that good, I think he still has a lot of growth. Um, you know, so you put all this, to, all that together. So, um, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with him. Uh, Hunter Long is another guy, um, and that has the the total package and has growth. Uh, when you pair him with a with a with a, a a pro style coach that will be able to teach him how to do, when to do, you know, and what to do. You know, the, the, you know, you will see a little bit more growth because he has more, ex- he has a lot of experience and he has a lot of production. Um, um, so I like, I really like Hunter Long and what he could do because of the amount of things he, he could do actually. And my number five guys, Tommy Tremble, like, uh, like um, Kyle just said, um, just climbing up uh, draft boards right now because people are starting to pay attention to the fact of the amount of things you could do. You know, um, so that that's my top five. Uh, I, I had the same top five as uh, Kyle. Now, so I, I'm not going to say my top five too much. Like Kyle nailed, nailed it on the head. So go go right ahead, Chris. <laughs> All right. Now, my top five, basically the same, you guys. I had Pitts, Fryermuth. I had Jordan as my three. I think he's pretty close. Mm-hmm. He's a close to two than three on my list, but uh, then I got Tremble and Hunter Long. Uh, a couple other guys we can mention. Um, you got Trey McKitty from uh, Georgia. Um, another guy seeing Tony Pojan, Boise State. He's another four. A lot of these tight ends are former quarterbacks, if you notice, but that goes back years too. Really? Yeah. Um, another guy I see, Carrie Angeline from NC State. He looked pretty good. Um, you could say Pro Wells, TCU, another one, and uh, Nick Eubanks from Michigan. Just some names, you know, that I seen and I was watching some videos of. Uh, but definitely the top five, I think, for all of us is basically the same. Um, and those are probably going to be the first five guys taken in the draft. You know, I would think the first two guys will be in the first round. Maybe. Yeah. Since yeah. since we're mentioning guys that 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 I, I have one sleeper guy and it's Matt Bushman from BYU, um that that's the guy that yeah he got he got injured but but if you go back and you watch when he played before you have a few videos you could see the potential there that's that's one that's the one guy that I, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of potential for I just wish that he had more chances to play but he did not. Um, because I think because he had an injury, I think, or something like that. That's why he did not play. But he was a, a mission guy at BYU. So he's already like 25 years old. 
Yeah, he's yeah, he's older. So, yes. I think what you see is what you got now. You know what I mean? He's not one of these other guys where they Oh no, no, I'm, they're going to get better. No, I'm, I don't no, I don't think so. I just think what he showed is to me and what he showed is pretty good. Right. You know. That's why he's he's more on the outside looking in of my top 5 than he's in, in there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the only thing I think why he's a little bit lower is he's older and, you know, he doesn't have any I don't want to say any any upside because obviously a guy could get better, but it's basically like that's what you're getting. You know what I mean? Like these other guys, like you said, Pitts is only 20. So he's going to get bigger, fast. You know, he's still grown into his body. This guy is 25. He's done. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying, you're like, it, that's to me is the big difference. It was like years ago. What was that quarterback that came out late? Um, oh, my God. The kid from. How many was years he, was it ago, Chris? Uh, well, no, the, the kid from, I think he was Miami, and he was already like 24, 25 years old. He went to Carolina. Um, he went to Carolina. Oh. Oh, Winky. Oh, my God. Was that Florida State or Miami? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like 25, or tw- you know, like, because he skipped a year <laughs> or something, or I forgot why, but he was another one like that, and he didn't turn out well, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we know how that turned out. It didn't turn out too good for him. <laughs> no, <laughs> no but that's I'm just, good at all. you know, like he's but, already matured. <laughs> but, but you know what? Sometimes uh, people like that, that's like 25, coming out of college and so forth, they they give them a chance, you know, if they don't oh, get drafted, it's always <laughs> undrafted, and then they'll be, they can be the sleeper. So, you know, it, it, it all depends on what the team is looking for at that time. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're getting someone who's mature too. You know, you know, right, right, exactly, right. There you go. Yeah. Um. So, so the question is, we we know, um, we know the drop passes from hurting. We know our Titans wasn't fantastic. Um. We're not going to talk about the, I guess, the the drafting of these Titans. Um. More more so of free agency. We got. Hunter Henry. Um, I'm not going to say Gronkowski because he might play one more year with Brady. Um, Jared Cook. We got Jared Cook. Um, Tyler Eifert. Uh, like Jordan Reed. Do you see the Jets bringing in, trying to sign a free agent? Uh, I could see a veteran. I don't know if they're going to go big on tight end, though. Because I think Herndon is still... But you, but you get why I'm asking, because we know that our Titans wasn't fantastic and probably got it together at the end of the season. And we expected a, a kind of a bigger season from them last season, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know if they'll go big. They might get one of the second tier or third tier tight ends. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to sign, a, you know, like one of the bigger guys like... Um, Hunter Henry, I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. At least I don't think so. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like, I feel like, um, I, I doubt it that they're gonna draft, they're gonna uh, sign a free agent tight end. Um, a lot of what, uh, if again, staying within what we know, um, and the Jets, or what we think we know, the Jets scheme offensively gonna look like. Uh, you have to be able to be to be an above average blocker or at least an average or slightly above average blocker. And if you're looking for that, uh, we don't have anybody in-house that's that, right? Um, um, uh, we drafted, uh, what's his name? Um, Wesco? Yes. He's a good Javon, blocker. That's the, guy, that's the guy I'm keeping an eye on because he uh, was better at, route running and catching the ball than people give him credit for. I think he wasn't given enough shots. I think within a system, a scheme like that, like this is a possibility. I think, I think this is what, I think these are, um, these are the places where you try to kind of finagle something where you get somebody to convert to a tight end, you know, um, somebody like that. Um, I think, uh, people are talking about uh, Kyle Juszczyk being a free agent and coming over. He, I know he played for the fullback for, for for the 49ers, but the thing about him is that he's so 
versatile. I mean, the kind of things that dude could do, he could catch the ball, he could run routes really well. Um, he could block like a monster. Mm-hmm. So, so um, there's a lot of things, I, but I don't think one of the, I don't, I don't think free agent, why is it some, somewhere that we need to go? I think we could figure something out with the draft and what we have in, in-house. Yeah, I don't see us going, um, I don't see us going to free agency for, for a guy. Um, cause for me personally, I just think that our lack of tight end productivity is squarely on the shoulders of Adam Gates and just his poor offensive scheming, you know, um, like I, I specifically remember like certain things like with, um, with Herndon, how in the beginning of the year, you know, he was having him, you know, uh, do bubble screens, like from the, from the wide receiver bubble screens. And I'm like, this is, this is not his, you know, that's not something that I really, you know, see as him doing well. So to have him to ask him to do that and then him do poorly, you know, I think it's, it's not fair of, you know, a fair judgment, you know, so unless, you know, they're looking to maybe uh, um, move off of maybe someone like Griffin, who's, you know, a little bit older and they can save a couple million dollars by, by cutting them and replacing them with someone younger. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see tight end being a, a, a big factor for us in the free agent market. Yeah, I'm not to say. Uh, yeah, I think it's very. I think it's very. I think this. I think the tight end is, is very tough. Maybe hurt and get one more shot. We see what happens. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's very. I think this situation. I think it's not tough per se. I think it was. We. I think I would like to see. I think we would like to see more of what Hurden can do in a different scheme of offense. Cause I was looking forward to him last year, and then I don't know what the hell happened. Like, 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 did the man Gates just put that 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 bad effect? Like, <laughs> make everybody play how they play? Like, Lord, like, if so, then woo we to thank God. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Kylie's Kylie's partly right. I think I think if it's sad to say that the, as a professional <clears throat> getting paid millions of dollars that you could be disinterested. In, in doing your job, but that's prob- that's probably something that could happen to you if you go into um, into a game every um, every time and when you look up, you know you're not really part of the game plan, you know but uh, you know I did not watch a, a lot of film of what our tight ends did. A little that I did see was unfortunately a lot of miss misses by our quarterback not seeing them. And then when they did see both of them, they really had a lot of concentration drops. It's almost like they weren't really in the play, they weren't looking to be in the play, you know, uh, just like their their minds weren't in it. And and it probably points to what Kyle said that there's a possibility that if you're sitting there doing your um, pregame or during the week before the game, and then you see what the game plan is, and you're literally not really in it. You know, and you're just, you know, and you could just see the potential of what it is. Again, I don't condone that behavior, but, um, you know, I could kind of see if the if they kind of phased out a little bit because Gase's, Gase's game plans were that bad, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not I'm not really um, I'm not really a big fan of, of, of asking Herndon to be a blocker because I don't I haven't seen him being that kind of blocker i don't i don't see it i think he's more of a guy that you send out to catch to run routes but i mean give him a shot I mean, you never know i mean this goes into the final question before we go um we know george kettle uh, we, we know Herndon's nowhere near the george kettle <laughs> level but it's just a quick question so we know kettle was part of mostly part of that office could you see the same since um you know, LaFleur, uh, um, just bringing some, some, you know, some of that 49ers uh, offense game into uh, the Jets. Do you see Herndon maybe being 
part of that offense? I, I definitely think so. I mean, the guy's got so much potential, and we've seen it um, in the first year. Second year, he was hurt, and then last year, we just talked about basically what, what he did. Um, I, 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 you know what? So last year of his contract, you give him, you give him another shot. Hey, if it doesn't work out, you know what? He's done anyway. But he's got a lot of potential there. Um, we've seen him perform at a high level. Um, at times. So maybe with the new offensive scheme, he'll fit it better and maybe they'll get to him more and maybe his head will be. And like you said, I don't agree with that kind of mentality. You should be ready to play no matter what, even if nothing's coming your way, you know what, you're still part of the team. You have to be a hundred percent in, you know, but I get why, you know I mean? When your team is one in 10 at, you know, or whatever, Oh, and 10, whatever it is. Yeah. You, you got to get down. So, but I, I don't think that's happening this year. Um, so that's why for me, you know what, give him, give him the shot. If you want to bring another veteran in just to kind of back him up or to kind of put some heat on him a little bit. So he stays on track. Um, but I, I think he's got potential not to be George Kittle, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but definitely to put up some decent numbers for a tight end. So I, I think he's going to be part of the, the team and, uh, and let's see what they do at tight end at, with the draft. You know, do they do they try to draft one of those guys, one of the top two guys, um, late first round, early second round? That that might happen too. So, but I I definitely think Herndon stays. Yeah, of course you give him a shot. Like you said, he had he had he had so much potential. You want to know where that potential goes. But again, you know, it's up to those new coaches and what they think they could get out of him. You know, and what they, what are the new plans for this offense, and who they they're gonna fit in, you know, into the system? Um, it 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 only makes sense to keep him around because you might not just get the guy you want to get right now, you know. And they're just brand new coaches coming into a system. They're not gonna try to plug every hole right now. They sometimes they will have to, you know, do with what they have in the cupboard at the moment if that's what that's all what they have and if you're looking at the draft and you're looking at where you would want to pick a tight end and there's nothing that really uh you know you know in your in your in their opinion doesn't really fit what they want then they might have to wait until next year so new coaching staff they might not rush anything they might just keep him around and you know like again like we said a lot of potential uh, there's a possibility he he becomes a target and breaks out a little bit. You know, he's not, of course, he does not have the talent of a of a George a George Kittle, but you know, we'll see. Still young, twenty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because I know I know a lot of people are like you know having their minds what they've seen of him recently. You know, um, yeah. Versus that that bubble screen where he fumbled. You know fumble the ball after catching or whatever. But people also have to remember, he's also the guy that had a one-handed grab on a third and nine. And as he's catching it with one hand, got hit by the defender and still held on to the ball. So knowing that that potential is there, like to me, it just makes sense to give him a shot. You just got to put him in the right situation to make plays. Just yeah. a, show, a quick stat from his first year, he was targeted 56 times, okay, in only 14 games. Uh, last year, he played all 16 games. He was only targeted 46 times. Yeah. Hmm. And he played this past year 73% of the snaps, okay? In 2018, he only played in 50% of the snaps. Hmm. So... So well, something's not going right. Let it go, <laughs> Adam Gates. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with Adam Gates, it's all right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank God the, the garbage is out. You know, the stain, the smell is gone. We can get a, we get a new fresh smell. You know, other than that, that's it for our podcast. We want to thank y'all so much. We have um, realized that we have went over twenty thousand listens, so we appreciate y'all for listening to us. Like like we say many a times, we didn't expect 
to make it a um a hobby. Like, bro, at first we made it a hobby, but now we didn't expect to make it a brand, but now we're making it a brand. So we really appreciate it and we're getting better and we have some some things coming up soon. But until we get that together, we, we're gonna leave it the way it is now. So um, much appreciation to to um to you, Shaman, to you, Chris, to you, Kyle, for doing this with myself. It's not easy to do this every week, but we do this for y'all every week. Leave us some feedback, uh, some likes, some comments. If you have any questions, you can ask us. NYJetsFansPodcast1 at gmail.com. And until next week, we're taking flight. Take flight. Take flight. Take flight.